What's going on, fam? This is K.R. Jones of the Off The Strength Podcast, and I am here to tell you to like, listen, subscribe, and if you're feeling freaky, visit offthestrength.com. That's where you can go and get more information on us. That's where we can link, we can build, we can connect, and let's make this thing work. I think a lot of times, like, how lucky I actually was. They call it pistol wave and misbehaving for a reason. It's one of the most dangerous cities. Dude, football was literally the ticket to get me to where I am right now. It got me out of the state to experience something else. And that was football. But if I didn't play like that, would I be able to do my job right now? Will I be so well-versed where I can relate to players because I played the game? I just know I wanted to be the best. Okay. That's the football mentality. Yeah. Like, I'm a silent killer. Like, I'm not going to go in and be like, yo, I'm 11-time Emmy Award winning, man. I got 22 AP awards. Like, I'm... Did I just flex? I like it. Just did a I little just, bit. Did I just, Let the people know. Say it with your chest. My ooze wheel There was times that you got tested in every one of those books in turn. Tested is an understatement, dude. What's some of the things that you relied on to keep you moving forward when you had those opportunities Bro. where you had to really dig back in? Bro, I know it may sound cliche, but God, dude. Nah, it's not cliche like, at like, all. Like, real talk. And I had to go back to New Haven, Connecticut, where I'm from, sleep in the same twin-size bed I used to sleep in when I was in high school, and go until February 14th the very next year. And so that was a challenge for me where I did not give up faith because I believed in my talent that God gave me. I went from one station not wanting me to the worldwide leader, ESPN, calling me up. If you're on Yale's campus, don't go by the Popeyes. That's yo. That's I the rolled past. Line. I was like, "That's Yale, like Yale, Yale." And <laughs> then it was you like, the yeah. Popeyes. Then you're like, "Oh, okay, all right, yeah, all right, okay." Lock door. Got real. Okay, Let's right. roll the window up. Leave my respect. I don't recognize y'all limits. I do not oblige y'all gimmicks. Optimize my lyrics. We don't improvise our missions. Follow with divine our missions. Don't rely on vision. Unashamed, always been a thing. Back in trip, had to miss trips. He was in his teens, forty-five. That is to the age. We was on the scene. Preach Christ. I'm Papa Seal, leaning on the king. Man, coming through. Let's get ready to rock. What's good, everybody? What's good? Welcome back to yet another episode of Off The Strength, where we're giving you the inside look into all things wellness culture. I'm a trainer called Tony, and of course, with me, I got a gentleman of extraordinary league. K.R. Jones is in the building. That's right, folks. We are back. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all type from near and far, you are now in store for a treat. Ain't that right, Brother Jones? Yay, yay. We in store for a treat today because the stars aligned. <laughs> in more than one way, this brother came past as we were recording at our other studio. And we in the heart of New York. Bottom of the rock. Bottom of the rock. We making it to say, the top one day. The block of the rock is where we really were. <laughs> And this brother rolled past and we was like, oh man, look, we got support out there. Cool, cool, cool. And we was like, we had no idea at all who this man was. <laughs> so then when we found out, we were in awe. <laughs> now that we are here on this couch to have this great conversation, we have the 
Emmy Award winning. Eleven times. Eleven times. I'm you. You got some other stats you want to throw? Put out some there? respect on it. I'm just saying. It was like not just one. Not one. <laughs> it's eleven of the things. Eleven. You know what I'm saying? The, the National Black Journalists Association. The man, myth, the legend. We got brother Darren Haynes in the studio today. Make some noise one time. Come on now, shit, y'all. Yeah, you hype me up, man. I appreciate you guys. But yeah, the stars align. Who, like, who would have known? Who would have known? I mean, from, from walking by, trying to roll skate at Rockefeller Center. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we we here. So this, I mean, this is how we uplift each other. You know what I mean? For sure. So I'm I'm happy to be here and 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 see what y'all got, man. I already saw a whole bunch of your stuff already. It's fire. <laughs> I just want to be a part of the fire. Oh man, and I had to check out a bunch of your stuff too. And seriously, brother, this is inspiration because a lot of people say things, but they don't actually follow through. You said. He was walking past the window. He's like, yo, I'm going to come in. Check y'all out one time. I was like, wait a second. Hold on. We go back and I was like, Kyle, do you realize what just happened? <laughs> He's walking past. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. Hold on. This man is a sports director. He's been inside. Not only does he play this and live in this wellness lifestyle, you got to see how fly he's coming in. I mean, I saw some of the segments that you're coming in with when you're giving out the retirement to the streak of having Washington sell out. I was like, wait, hold oh, on. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, got yeah, the vocal yeah. stylings coming we along. Have, we had to have a funeral. <laughs> he had the funeral, funeral. to end that, that, that sellout streak, man. There's what so, other way to go out. And then, then I don't think you saw it, though, because I clipped it off. Unless you did see it. We got the 40 ounce. Because, you know, when you I say saw the 40 Oh, you did see the 40 out. ounce you poured it out? Your whole oh, we are gathered here today to say goodbye to a Redskins sellout streak that's been with us for 50 years. It's so aligned that it makes too much sense, man. So damn, I'm, I'm just excited to hear about it. And I, I want to, you know, celebrate you for where you are, but also need to hear about that story just to see how you transitioned it to where you became. So that's, this is the thing that we love to do over here at Off The Strength. Man. Bet, real quick, I always let my yes mean yes and my no mean no. Okay. I'm always quick to say yes and slow to say no. When I say yes, the only thing that was going to stop me from saying no is a schedule conflict. Okay. But then there's always another day. Right. So we're going to make it happen. I appreciate yeah. that, brother. Yeah, I no really doubt. do. We got one way that we like to kick this thing off. Brother Jones, you want to pull us out? Of course. Now, before I uh, get into that, I want the record to reflect that this man is accomplished. The, the laundry list of accomplishments. <laughs> of accomplishments that I did not go through. I want y'all to go out there and do your Googles. We're going to put them into the show notes. We got to. We got to make sure. we're going to stretch this out a little bit. We like to start the show off with a question like this. Okay. And this question is coming in hot, brother. Where were you when you fell in love with this thing we call wellness? That's a great question. When I fell in love with it, probably when I was 33 years old mm. and I was anchoring sports center. And I realized that I was in a place that a lot of people aren't in. And I was able to live a lifestyle. I'm not cheap, I'm frugal. But I'm able to be very blessed to support my family in many different ways. And, and that's when I got into learning how to invest and stuff like that. But it was 33 years old. If anybody was like, what age would you want to go back to? 33 years old, that was the year for me. That wellness, I fell in love with it. 33, I mean, only three years removed from myself yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. It's kind of a swing year in time, I would imagine. You're not quite in those 20s. You're not quite like definitively set on the path that I would think would define who you are today. Could you take me back a little bit before then and talk about how you even, ESPN is massive network. That was a dream job, yeah. How'd you get to that position? Ooh, all right. There's a long time. There's, there's a long story. I'm ready to there's go a long back. testimony. So it actually started with me in college, I wanted to be a biology teacher. Okay. And I played football at the University of Rhode Island and I transferred to the University of New Haven. And they didn't have an undergraduate program at the University of New Haven. So my mother was like, you used to do this radio station at, at URI called Smooth Groove in the Afternoon, which was a hit. Playing a Joe to see the age. Sound like, you know what I'm saying? Smooth Groove, the way you leaned into that pocket. Boy, D. Haynes and Smooth Groove in the Afternoon. <laughs> that's, that's way. 
Absolutely. Call in now. Call in right now. <laughs> so, so that's when I switched my major to broadcasting. And now, like, I give 10% of my check to my mother. Wow. That's when it started for me. And the whole ESPN deal, I don't remember the day where I was like, man, that's a dream job. But along the way, during school and stuff like that, I think everybody was like, hey, do you want to get to ESPN one day? And then I started looking into it. I'm like, man, that's, that's a dope job to get. Mm-hmm. But the way I got there, man, that's, that's a long story. I can Let me talk about this story. There was a guy by the name of Rob Parker. He had his own radio station, Parker and the Man, out in Detroit. Now you, you can see him on Fox Sports 1 at some times. Mm-hmm. But during the Super Bowl, I wanted to be on his show. It was called Rob Parker Sports Rap, or Hip Hop and, and Sports Connect. And I'm running around with my resume tape, a, a DVD for the people who don't know that anymore. <laughs> DVD. But running, What's that? Yeah, <laughs> run, running around. And he told me, after I couldn't find him, he was like, slide it under the door. It was like this blank door. I slid it under the door. And he ended up giving me my first job, not because he looked at my resume tape, still to this day, because I just I just saw him in, in Las Vegas. He still to this day has not looked at my resume tape, but he gave me the job because he noticed the passion I had in trying to be a broadcaster. Wow. Now it comes a time I have the job and I'm working at K Jewelers where I'm basically like, hey, this Pistons game's about to end. Lunch break. Drive 90 miles per hour to the Palace of Auburn Hills at the time and, and quickly do my stand-up, quick interviews, you know, Rasheed Wallace taking an hour to get out of the shower. <laughs> yeah. To, bro, like an hour to get out of the shower. That's how he's um, giving it up. To then all of a sudden doing that and rushing back to K-Jewels and hopefully you don't get fired. Yeah. But that was my introduction to the business. And then there's Alpena, Michigan. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of Alpena, Michigan. They I know the rims. It's, I don't it's, know Michigan. It's, <laughs> it's, it's way, so Alpena is way up North Michigan. It's market 208, one of the smallest markets. There's two black people. Okay. Myself and some dude we're still trying to look for. Who <laughs> was in the market? Yeah, that's, that's it. There's two black people there. Well, now there's only one because I'm out there. Yeah, you um, to Lansing, Michigan, to the Rio Grande Valley in South Texas, San Antonio, Boston, New York, ESPN, and then they had the layoffs at ESPN in 2017, mm-hmm. which wasn't like I sucked. They just financial things. Yeah, and that's where I became that sports director in uh, in DC. WUSA. That's, that's a quick story. Yeah, how I got there. Got here. I mean, it's a hell of a story. I hear a journeyman spirit. I hear determination and I hear you have to be projecting yourself into the future that you're going through that entire time. And, you know, that's the basis of where we like to come in and try to understand, like, there was times that you got tested in every one of those sports and terms. Tested is an understatement, dude. What's some of the things that you relied on to keep you moving forward when you had those opportunities where you had to really dig back in? Bro, I know it may sound cliche, but God, dude. No, it's not cliche at all. Like, real talk. Use this gospel. For protection, it's a hard road to heaven. We call on your blessings and the Father. We put our faith, King of the Kingdom. Our demons are trembling. Holy angels defending, and the Father. We put our faith. A lot of people don't know this, but Boston, I was on a two-year contract. And they didn't want to renew me after one year. And still to this day, I saw some of my former coworkers in Las Vegas. I'm like, yo, why, why didn't they want me my second year? Because I was doing great. Still don't know why they did that. I mean, I have my, I, my thoughts about Boston, period. <laughs> but it makes no sense where an NBC station at the time in Boston didn't want me. And I had, that was March 6th, I believe. And I had to go back to New Haven, Connecticut, where I'm from, sleep in the same twin-size bed I used to sleep in when I was in high school and go until February 14th, the very next year. And so that was a challenge for me where I did not give up faith because I believed in my talent that God gave me. Long and behold, I went from one station not wanting me to the worldwide leader, ESPN, 
calling me up. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, bro, that was low. You know how embarrassing that is when you're, dude, when you're in Boston, you're one of the best reporters and anchors in the country. And I got to go home. Yo, Darren, why, why are you back home, cuz? Why, what's, and you got to make something up. Be like, yeah, you know, I'm just here doing a story. But then all love to, uh, remember when Al Jazeera America started? Yeah, for New sure. York was mm-hmm. like, kind of like sort of diagonal across the Madison Square Garden. But they, they hired me on a national platform as a freelancer. And I think that's what really kind of like pushed ESPN, like, let's give this guy the, the opportunity. Hmm. But I was a grind, man. I don't want anybody to go through that. I think that's a necessary grind, man, a necessary okay. step, you know. And uh, I think a lot about, we talked before off the camera, but we met in college at LIU, Brooklyn, Tony and I. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I had no idea what Connecticut was when I grew up. <laughs> like, until I came to Brooklyn, people was like, yo, I'm from Connecticut. I was like, oh, what's that, like six hours away? It was like, fam, it's an hour and a half, yeah. three hours. What are you talking if, about? I mean, if that, to the border. If that, like, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. for real? But I say all that to say I met friends that was from New Haven, you mm-hmm. know, now. They was, it was on the hood side, you know, pistol waving. Pistol waving, misbehaving New Haven. <laughs> pistol waving New Haven. <laughs> I'm glad you know that. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm trying. Well, you said that. Yo, and I was, that's, that's yo that is a real head. thing. Pistol waving, misbehaving New so, Haven. Don't now go by the Popeyes. I mean, if you're on Yale's campus, don't go by the Popeyes. That's, yo, that's I rolled past. I was like, that's Yale? Like, Yale, Yale? They was like, the yeah. Popeyes. Then you're like... Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right, okay. Let's got real. Okay, let's right. roll the window up. <laughs> now, I, I, I bring you to this point because not only do you go there, but then you come out on top after going back home. So I just wanted you to stretch out or at least speak to what it was like growing up in Connecticut and what made you leave, what made you come back, and what made you leave again. So I had a group of nine friends when I was growing up. And I'm not going to drop their names, but a couple of them are dead. Two of them served time. One served fed time. The dude who actually served fed time, I remember when I came back from URI, he was like, man, you got to stop hanging out with your old boys. Mm. And he's like, you got to focus on this. Like almost like he saw something in myself, but me, I kind of didn't want to like, you know, betray your old friends because I didn't see at the time that what they were doing wasn't going to make me better. Mm. And that was hard, man. Yeah. Like that was hard because I mean, you're at UNH. They got a party on a Friday. Best believe they're going to show up. For sure. You know what I mean? So I had to make that tough decision to kind of like leave the the nest out I was in. That's where it lucked out because University of New Haven, I went to three schools. Mm. The University of New Haven dropped their football program. Mm. And they brought it back. But that allowed some school, Wayne State University, to come out and say, hey, we want you to play ball there. And so that's when I went to Detroit because I looked at the market. I was like, man, they have the Pistons, the Lions, Red Wings. And so that's where I finally got that opportunity to go out. I think a lot of times, like, how lucky I actually was. Dude, they call it pistol waving misbehaving for a reason. It's one of the most dangerous cities. That's why I brought it up. Like, I know Like, I think football, I was telling a friend earlier today, because I was walking up at my parents' house, and I was like, man, this is where I used to have these, like, backyard football games. Dude, football was literally the ticket to get me to where I am right now. Wow. If I didn't have, think about it, though, because that that gave me the full ride to school. It got me out. If I didn't have that, who knows where the education would have been. Um, I, I don't know. I wasn't wasn't dumb. But still, it got me out of the state to experience something else. And that was football. If I didn't play like that, would I be able to do my job right now? Will I be so well-versed where I can relate to players because I played the game? I actually, go back to eight years old. Son, come on. We're going to go play some football real quick. Oh, I don't want to play. No, come on. Let's go. Literally, that decision that my dad made changed my entire life. Real mm. talk. Mm. That's powerful, man. Powerful. And you brought up the notion of being able to relate to players because you played the game. Yeah. I could see in some of the, uh, what I would call the human interest piece mm-hmm. pieces, that it's not just inside of the scope of 
football, but it extends into I like to humanize them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where does that lens come from? I don't know. I think there's a mixture of some of the mentors I've had growing up. Like Stuart Scott was a huge mentor of mine. Yeah. Scott Van Pelt, Jay Harris. There was also a guy named Kurt Davis who was a news director in uh, in San Antonio at the time. But they help instill all these things in me. Oh, matter of fact, even Snoop Dogg. Like I'm in LA. This is ESPN though. But Snoop was like, he's like, man, you know, you can always do good stuff with the black people, but like, how well versed are you to where you can have a conversation with an Asian person, an Indian person, a white person, and make your stories just as good? You need to be right. well versed so everybody likes you. So all those things, like almost like I was a sponge taking that all in, and then it developed me into who I am now. So I don't think it was like a day where I was like, man, I got it. I think it was a gradual thing. But I love humanizing athletes because they are humans and we look at them we just think of the x's and o's but dude they eat and poop just like us they put on you know what i'm saying yeah and you can see the reception when you recognize them for more than just the function that they do how like just receptive they are for whatever line of questioning that you want to go into can you go back to possibly some of like your earliest stories that you're starting to talk to athletes on the field or on the in their hometowns can you remember like that first interview that you did that was kind of like oh yeah this is going to be the thing this is going to be the ticket for me i already got one i'm just trying to think if there's another one yeah y'all remember johnny manzel Manziel, yeah, yeah, sure. quarterback. Yeah, draft day winner. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? Draft day. A Wiggins. Eleven time Emmy Award winning, twenty two AP awards. Say it with your chest. Oh man, you know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. Yeah. Suits and ties, yelling out, pay the guys, man, I had to do it for you. Sometimes I laugh with God about how you can't stop me. So I do remember being in Texas and he was in high school. And I remember trying to get your sources and your connections with players and stuff like that. And I did this recruiting story uh, with this guy named Malcolm Brown, who who was a running back for the Rams for a little bit. I think Malcolm may be in Miami now. Um, but it was Johnny Manziel and then it was another tight end guy. But we did this recruitment story on him. But I'm, I'm in their house, you know, the mom making the spread with the food and and just having that overall just normal conversation about recruiting because i remember being recruiting and that was that one time where i was just like this is how we're humanizing them to really get a perspective of what life is like as a blue chip athlete so that's one that i can i can really remember hmm. i'm sure there's a lot more but that was the first one that comes to my head i mean my man's that was a freaking nature bro yeah i the, bro, the, the i've coming into take over there. a game like that huh. i wish he had a better nfl career but dude everything I wish I could do in, in high school. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely understand it. I, I got a chance to catch one where you did with a speed skater. I'm trying to remember where oh, she was Oh, Miami Miney. Yes. First, the first African-American woman to be a Olympic speed skater on the U.S. team. Yeah, and just the way her father received you and then you talking, tying together the whole story between Ghana, her mom like from that. Ghana and then yeah, everybody yeah. coming together. Like it's It was something that I was like, okay, there's a different intention behind why you're covering this story right now. So, this is what I love about just doing stories, period. There are a lot of reporters that will just put the mic in your face and they'll get the little sound, sound bite and, and get out of there. For me, there's also an, an importance of telling their story the right way so they like it. Right. Like I like doing a story and then they call up and they're like, man, you really put that story together. So when she won and qualified for the Olympics, she posted this message, but there was one part that stood out and I, I, want, I want to read it to you. When I'm older, I want to be just like you 
having an amazing heart, being dedicated and being the best parent ever. I love you, Daddy. Wow. Dwayne Haskins. He was a football player for Washington at one point. Then he went to mm -hmm. the Steelers. He was just recently killed, hit by a dump truck down in Florida. I can remember his father sort of like, who are you? What do you do? And then you have to kind of build that relationship and that trust. And he trusted me to do that story. And, you know, when after that story was done, they're like, man, this is one of the greatest pieces you ever did on my son. And he's coming from Ohio State where, you know, tons of people did stories on him. And when he passed, they told me that uh, he was like, man, that was the last like family thing that we did together. Wow. And so now it's going to be that memory that they have for years to come. Just from a journalist perspective or from broadcasting perspective, did you ever imagine that this would be the type of things or that type of impact would be something that you would be able to imbue on people's lives? Did I like write it down as a goal? Yeah. No. I just know I wanted to be the best. Okay. And I, that's the football mentality. Yeah. Like I'm a silent killer. Like I'm not going to go in and be like, yo, I'm 11 time Emmy award winning, man. I got 22 AP awards. Did I just flex? I like it. Just did a I little just, bit. Did I just, Let the people know. Just, just say it with your chest. But the, the Emmy awards, <laughs> those are the big ones. Yeah. But um, I have this silent killer mentality where you can do your old news story, other stations and stuff like that. But like, I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to kick butt in this story that I'm mm. about to do. Like the Emmy Award stuff, right? So when I left ESPN, I didn't leave ESPN. I like tell it how you man. need to tell yeah, it, man. We, we going but, through that one. Yeah. When I got laid off from ESPN, I went into DC and I was like, I remember telling my wife, man, I was like, I refuse to let these local dudes beat me out. Like, I'm gonna try to win every single award mm. that I can. That's the mentality I've always had my entire life as a little kid, had an older brother always trying to you know, beat him out and stuff like that from basketball to football, I always thrived on the competition. Always thrived on it. But I'm silent, I don't, I don't say much. And then there's, you win Best Sports Anchor Award, Emmy category, five straight years. You know, and now ESPN's like, we're welcoming you back, which is a quote, <laughs> hey. which is a direct quote. Um, <laughs> nice. That's where that, that comes from, like that, that grind to, to be the best. Like I want to be the best. If you're benching, 300 pounds, you looking over, best believe like, I'm going to put 315 on there. I like it. If I can do it or not, but I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to have that, <laughs> you know, that struggle in the, in the back archer. It'll get up. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to get it up somehow. I love the tenacity, man. It, it reminds me just of all the great things that I got from sport yeah, and yeah. all of the good camaraderie that comes from there. And I just feel motivated just even hearing about that, brother. So I'm just really appreciative of everything that you're sharing there. No the doubt. purpose, the passion, everything coming together. No doubt, no doubt. See, now I want to take it back a little bit because I'm, I'm putting the, the pieces of this puzzle together. Mm -hmm. So if I'm correct, your pops put that that football in your hand at eight. Mm -hmm. You know, later in, in college, moms hit you with the, you need to get your broadcasting game on because you mm -hmm. they love the radio. Smooth groove in the afternoon. Smooth groove in the afternoon. And was that K? Every kiss begins with K. Let me get to it. Oh, let me get to it. <laughs> so then you go to Detroit. Right, and every kiss begins with K. You stealing my lines, my brother. Man. Come on, man. You stealing the show. Now, sounds like an endorsement. Mixing all right. of that with the accomplishments in sport, right? I would want to ask what lessons were learned back then that you still apply right now? One, to not take your job for granted. These little young dudes are coming in with some new fire. Yeah. Um, competitive side of me, like, I'm going to keep bringing that fire. <laughs> like, you can bring the fire you want, but I'm like, Okay, you did that. All right, do that plus two. Also, the value of relationships, mm. the who you know. I got to ESPN having Big Poppy, Doc Rivers on my reference sheet. 
you know what I mean? It's a hell of a reference. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, when I was in San Antonio, I had Greg Popovich and, uh, and Iceman George Gervin like on my reference sheet. But that came from the relationships that I learned a long time ago and how valuable those are. And I'm this dude who I learned at a very young age that don't just stick the mic in someone's face and that be the only conversation. Like when you're waiting around to speak to somebody, it could be somebody getting dressed. Maybe it's a lineman. Just hold a conversation. Hey, where are you from? Like, And that's how you build that rapport. Next, you know, when there's a big story, he knows you. Mm -hmm. She knows you. Not the other strangers. So the likelihood of you getting this better story than everybody else, highly work in your favor. Yeah, I could see, at least in the generation that's coming up after you and coming into fruition now, that urgency to get right to the story or to get right to the spotlight and not necessarily appreciate all the interceding steps that you had to get to to get to where you are today, yeah, yeah. be able to build those relationships and that that kind and of thing. It, and there's a lot of people who are going to say no along the way. Yeah, I learned that. Matter of fact, we're talking about K Jewelers. Yeah, I'm gonna say his name. <laughs> put it out there. I'm gonna say it to the camera. What camera are we on here? You're right on uh, three. Yeah, you're on three. When I put my two weeks in to leave K Jewelers to enter into the broadcasting business full time, the district manager Ali Alian <laughs> said, "You want to say it again?" Say it again. Ali, Ali Alian said, I remember this like it was yesterday. Why are you getting into the broadcasting business? The broadcasting business is too difficult. You'll never make it. Wow. Bro, remember, like, I'm a dude who likes to prove people wrong. Uh. Straight Look, I live the life I deserve. Bless. <laughs> Blessings on blessings on blessings. Look at my life, man. That's lessons on lessons on lessons. I treat the beat like it's irreverent. I tell the truth, like Father, forgive me. These are all my confessions, man. This wasn't luck; it was destined. I done lost homies who've been with me since Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And so that ended up being my last day. I didn't even work the two weeks. Like I gave him the deuces. That's and, the two you get. And I and I really, <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> and still to this, still to this day, man. I I'm here for a good time, not a long time, you know. I. I haven't had a good time in a long time, you know, I, I'm way up, I feel blessed, way up, I feel blessed. I truly hope, like, when it was at ESPN or even now, like, he's just, all right, let me, you know, sit down and watch the news. Hey, I'm saying, and you know what I'm saying? And he has that moment, like, wait a second, is that the same? Yes, Ali Alion, bro. Like it was yesterday. I'd be saying, never tell somebody they can't. <laughs> he would have got a picture of every one of the awards. Like, uh, what are we up to right now? Yo, oh, man. I, I looked him up on on Facebook, Send Twitter, him a Christmas Instagram, card every year. Black Planet, AOL, Messenger, MySpace, Not like Black I, Planet. Like I looked him, like I looked him up. We I, I can't find. Him. There's a lot of Ali Alions in, in the world. That's what um, but yeah, I can't believe he told me that, man. We go find. Shout out to Ali over there yeah. <laughs> for the motivation. For the mo Thanks for the motivation. You know, get your weight up, man. <laughs> Keep moving. So the no's that come, you got the uh, the fortitude because of all of the things that you had leading up to that. Is there any point in time that you were working with these different networks or these different entities that you started thinking about your own personal brand as like a, this is something that I need yeah. to develop? I hope it wasn't too late in my career because I always had a creative mind. Mm -hmm. People were always like, well, why do you do it this way? This, like, oh, that's weird. That's different. Then now I hear them now. And they're like, oh, I see what you were doing. Yeah. But I really didn't really see myself like this is my brand until probably the last year and a half at ESPN where the way ESPN was and once again I appreciate everything they gave me like be, working at ESPN is like a hall of fame jacket like you be introduced Darren Haynes sports director director former sports center anchor like it's a hall of fame jacket that nobody can ever take away from me but sports center was like a square and I was an octagon 
and they're trying to fit this octagon in, in this square. And so that last year and a half, I had that moment with this guy named Jack Obringer who works at ESPN. And I was like, dude, I gotta be me, man. Like I can't fake it anymore. I really need to be me. And then I just started doing what I do now on, on television. And so when I left, ES once again, I didn't leave ESPN. But, <laughs> but when, I, when I went into DC, they were just like, you know, we saw you on SportsCenter, do your thing. That's when the D. Haynes brand became like official. And so now like when we have meetings at work, you know, there could be a lot of stuff going on with the investigation with the team, whether they're toxic workplace culture or just, the, you know, the football side in general, all the sports, you know, with Bradley Beal and his contract at the time, you're trying to do so many things where a former news director was like, well, maybe you should just focus on maybe these two things rather than doing all four of them. And I told him, I was like, my brand is to make sure I know about everything and the people expect me to talk about it. Like that's, that's my brand. My brand is to know everything. My brand is to break the stories. My brand is to come up with all these unique story ideas that if you don't care about sports, I still got to have you watching because you've never seen sports done in a certain way before. So that's, that's my brand. Yeah. It's probably one of the blessings of getting laid off. Matter of fact, I, I was telling people this weekend, getting laid off from ESPN was probably the best thing that happened for my career. When did you realize that? Maybe after the, like, maybe after the third year, mm -hmm. something like that. Man, I, I'm so blessed, dude, to have like these young journalists like, man, I look up to you. My news director, because we're in Vegas for the National Association of Black Journalists. And, you know, we're doing contract negotiations. I'm on the final year of my contract. Contract year. Cut the check. Um, <laughs> and All out now. <laughs> it's about to get real. And I was like, man, like there are a lot of people who recognize what we do. And I was like, let's walk around the career fair one time. And I was like, I bet you any money someone says something about what I do. And we walk around and one person comes up like, man, Darren, what's going on, bro? Like straight up, bro, you're the goat, man. Like, listen, I'm not Scott Van Pelt, who's a different kind of goat, but people recognize that a lot of the ways I do sports, nobody else does it that way. It's humbling, man. Bro, I would have never thought like I would be in this position. Mm. Nah, dude. Nah. It's a beautiful spot to be in. I mean, anytime you get to be yourself and be represented as yourself in the thing that you love to do. Mm -hmm has to be fulfilling not work I'm telling you right now it is not work inspiring other people like being on the show that's not work for me it's what i love to do mm. when you're passionate about something you make time for it mm. that's why i make time for this because it's what i'm passionate about I'm giving back to the community that raised me even though i'm not from new york but yet this show you can watch it anywhere it's you know what i mean you can watch <laughs> it anywhere so who knows who could be watching this in you know topeka kansas you know Not what I mean? But we got some Sri Lankan fans. We too. do have we, some Sri okay. Lankan people. Shout out to Sri Lankan. We, we international, we brother. I don't know if you know. Right, my, my bad. I'm my Rovia, it's Liberia. Very, right? Uh, Shout out to the London folk. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, got, we got a few. Yeah. What's up? We on an ultra light beam. We on an ultra light beam. This is a God dream. This is a God dream. This is everything. This is everything. You getting to be yourself, you getting to kind of carve out your own lane, putting your own personality into the product that you're seeing now and, you know, living in it. Still trying to find that path for somebody who might just be starting out there. Now, was there any times that you felt like you had to change who you were in order to advance? Hell yeah. Okay, talk to me a little bit about... Yeah, when it made me shave my dang on facial hair off. How did you, how like, did you get past that facial point? facial hair, and you got to wear your tie and your suit a certain way. <laughs> now, we all know that was a different time period where that was probably more like a systemic issue. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like what oh, we thought yeah. was like the norm. 
wasn't the norm for everybody else. Uh huh. I can go on air with this V-neck T-shirt on. Back in the day, to be like, what the hell are you doing? First of all, let's just give him some props over here too, because I've seen the the V-neck and the blazer combos. He's putting some pressure out there on the rest of these anchors, cause all the time. <laughs> you you got every see time. It. I seen him hooping in the suit, the cut on the set oh, with the church shoes on, with the, with the <laughs> Stacey Adams on. You know what I'm saying? The hard bottoms. You know but the cuts, the, the cuts of the suits is a modern cut. You oh, know, sure. sometimes the other brother anchors that you see out there, man, they still they, they still a little boxy. Got the Steve yeah, they, joint. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they not really giving it up the same way as all I'm saying. So we gotta yeah, gotta salute nah. the brilliance when you see it. You know yeah, what I mean? Out, shout out to my boy Vino who who works with uh, Miguel Wilson in his clothing line mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They hooked me up with some some style of stuff. Paisley and Gray too, man. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Came in with. So I, I see that and you having to stay the course or make some adjustments and then deciding that you can stay your course and come up with your own style that I'm imagining came later in the career. But what were some of those things that early earlier on tested you when you had to kind of conform to what they were doing in that square octagon situation? Boston. I remember mm-hmm. them saying like, hey, you use your hands too much. Keep them down and. <laughs> Hold on. Hello, I'm reporting. Out, remember, like, you know, Telly, Tra- Trevor from Fresh Prince, Hilly's yeah, boyfriend. Stiff. Hello, I'm outside of TD Garden. The Celtics taking on. Yeah, like, what my thing is still to this day, man, because you have to accept people for who they are and embrace their differences rather than scrutinize them. This is my part. Nobody else speak. This little light of mine. Glory be to God. Yeah, I'ma make sure that they go where they can't go. If they don't wanna ride, I'ma still give them raincoats. Know what God said when he made the first rainbow? Just know this at the end of fucking play for the eighth row. And when I talk to people, I use my hands. So why, if you want me to be natural and conversational, why would you want me to be stiff? Then you're not really your true self, and people can identify that. So that was that was one of those times where like I had to battle trying to be myself and, and and they wanted something different the facial hair thing i remember talking to a guy by the name of bill ganello he passed away but he worked for news 12 in norwalk okay and i was like i was like man do you think i should shave the facial hair and he's like don't give these news directors an, an excuse not to hire you so it was almost like you know the poem we wear the mask by paul lawrence dunbar I heard you speak of this before. Yeah, so Paul Lawrence Dunbar, We Wear the Mask, that poem is basically talking about black people and we really can't express how we truly feel. So we put on this mask to sort of kind of, we fit in like, hey, we're all good, everything's happy. But underneath our mask, we really are not true to ourselves. We're sad because we can't be ourselves. Why should the world be otherwise and counting all our tears and sighs? Nay, let them only see us while we wear the mask. And so like, that was that moment all throughout my career of not having any facial hair on, always dressing the way they thought people should dress was me wearing that mask. And I and I wonder now, like for these young journalists, should they do the same? And my, my first thing would be like, always be yourself. But I also tell them like, feel the room out. You know what I mean? Like, like you have to sort of be, find yourself almost like a chameleon where you need to change a little bit, still tr- stay true to yourself, but like know your audience. It's a tough place where people judge you, man, or yeah. they have a perception of you. And once they have that perception of you, like it's hard for them to change it. You get one first um, impression. But once you solidify like respect in the game, nah, dude. Like I'm not shaving my facial hair. Matter of fact, when I went to DC, they're like, would you consider face- shaving my facial hair? I said, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, what, what do you mean? Let's get that like, off the contract yeah, right now. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm not shaving my facial hair. For what? Yeah. What does that do? Think about it. What yeah. does facial hair do? 
you know, I, as a struggling follicle person over on oh, my you're, side. Oh, you're struggling. You as can't, the you can't get it to connect. It, does, it doesn't connect. <laughs> That's not the man you talk to about facial hair. You're going to keep him over this there. Is, this is where it starts to swim a little bit above, I mean, you, you know, where no I problem. can. So also <laughs> one of the reasons. Give you right. some of them yeah. That's all I need. Just to connect the joint. You know, you want to see brothers help each other, lift each other up, you know? That's just terrible in the pandemic. I would never. But, you know. Sliding past him and his lack of facial hair. <laughs> Brought up Paul Lawrence Dunbar, man. And that is one of the prominent schools in Baltimore that like for sports. Like my grandmother taught there. That's where Muggsy Bowles went. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of basketball legacy out of there. And I was not aware of that poem, but now I got to go back to it. Yeah, no, nah, it's, it's dope, man. And it's real. Think about it, though. For sure. Like if we went into corporate America, the first thing we'll do, because it's just like it's it's in our blood. It's our, like our natural reaction because of that fear of not accepting us or who, who we are. We kind of, oh, shoot. Oh, hello. I, well, no, I don't get like that. But you know what I mean? Of course. You feel that energy where you can't really truly be yourself as you put in that mask on. Mm -hmm. But we're in a stage now, like, I dare you to, like, scrutinize me. Like, I dare you. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. time, times have changed now. It definitely has. So it was a defense mechanism, right? So I, I also heard you speak a little bit about uh, interaction that you had where somebody pulled you out of your car one time, right? Ooh. You, that, bro, we're in New York. I that lived was that. here. I lived that. I, you don't even have to tell me. I've, I've had that exact same situation. And had not it been for the grace of having... Uh, a, my uncle was a detective, so he had like a little badge inside there that I kept in my glove box. It could have been a whole different set of circumstances. Uh, man, I'm glad you brought that up. So to see you talk with confidence about your experience in light of some of the hardest didn't happen like that places at first. Talk talk to me about that. It. That happened January first, two thousand fourteen, mm -hmm. and she's right here in New York, man. He said he said get out or get effed up, and I didn't get a chance to even answer the question or do anything. And I remember that happening and. They put me in the jail cell, you know, where the, you're the, the holding joints down there. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't know if you guys been down there, but oh, but I was down there, <laughs> and it was it was the New Year, so you're like you're there all day, and I I didn't know there was actually a judge that would come on on New Year's Day because it was a holiday, but they actually had a judge there, but um, I was afraid to tell ESPN what happened mm -hmm. because I thought they would judge me in a way where they're like, oh, this kid is bad, but really I was the victim. If it weren't for Colin Kaepernick. I don't know if I ever would have really shared that story. Mm. I mean, maybe after George Floyd protests, there's been other reasons, right. but it was it was Kaepernick was the first time I went on air and I shared my story about that and had no fear behind it because I I was afraid for them to know. I, I got my lawyer because they dismissed all the charges, but I was like, make sure that joint is gone because I don't want them thinking I'm some bad person. But I was the victim, man. Yeah. Think of that mindset, dude. Mm. I'm the victim getting beaten up by police, but I'm afraid to like, talk about because i think i'm gonna get in trouble Harsh reality. yeah and that's why that code switching exists because you're trying to protect all the other things that you know are going to be so much bigger than this just this moment mm -hmm. right and somebody for whatever reason whatever they're going through is now the judge the jury and in, unfortunately the execution in way too many of our cases yeah so when you can speak to that the way that you did and and just see that whole now taking that analogy of the mask and, and coming back in there you're taking the mask off brother yeah, and you're yeah. able to tell people stories that are at least in my age demographic is way too commonplace in new york city absolutely this was they, they got the dash cameras on the on the cars yet they have that now but i'm talking about this yeah was, yeah i, was, I know they, they talk giuliani about, era this was oh this no there anything no, goes bro there were no dash cameras when when it happened to me in 2014 yeah i, I, I know they were talking about putting them on but i didn't, i don't know if they have them on now mm-hmm oh, i mean yeah, they're getting away with a lot of stuff and unfortunately it still doesn't you know deter 
all of that behavior, again, to see how it permeates at every level of our existence. It shakes us to the foundation, but it also just testimony to look at the strength that you needed to get to be able to speak about this, to see that this is a national effort that's happening and you can have the freedom to show up how you want to show up. Yeah, in there. I, mean, I was proud to do that and, and got a lot of positive feedback from it. No, don't get me wrong. There was those Kaepernick people. Absolutely. I mean, the anti-Kaepernick people who... Uh, Push back, they burn yeah, the Nikes, they're doing all of that. But I, but I was on the, the right side of history in that. I come to you hungry and tired. You give me food, let me sleep. I come to you weak. You give me strength, and that's deep. You call me a sheep and lead me to green pastures. Only asking that I keep the focus in between the chapters. You give me the word and only ask that I interpret. You know I ain't perfect, but you'd like me to try. Man, I remember I was in North Carolina for a friend of mine's wedding. And it was in the middle of nowhere in North Carolina. I had to rent a car. I'm like, I'm going to rent a Fiat. Because <laughs> I feel like a black bro, man. Bro, what? Uh, what, what, what? Oh, that's, oh, that was the motivation to get in a, a Fiat. A black man in a Fiat that, is causing no problem nah, nah, in North Carolina. You twice like <laughs> right? <what>? So <laughs> it's me uh, and two of my homies that were all in this Fiat. Keep in mind, we all six feet and over. Got like clowns in the, in the clown car. Knees so, and elbows yeah. the whole time. You know, it's North Carolina is dark, windy roads. Yeah, yeah. The, the speed limit changes in certain spaces. So one minute it could be 30, the next minute it could be 55. Yeah. Right? So a car is creeping. I'm like, man, let me go around this car. I go around the car. And as soon as I go around the car, the whoop, whoop, lights get pulled over. It was three cars that pulled up. Mm-hmm. Immediately, it was one and three and two more came. You're like, oh, damn, we got three cars now? It was like, you know, asked us to get out the car and all that stuff. And they started talking to us. And you talked about having a conversation with people. And I, I grew up in a law enforcement family. Like, my, my mother's a probation officer. My pops was a police officer for years. Like, I, I know how to talk. Yeah, yeah. And that spanks, like, that's a privilege, though. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't have that. Right. So uh, I'm talking to them. They were so amazed that we were three young black professionals. It was like, yo, we, we, y'all look like some, we, we thought y'all was a clown car, all y'all getting out of there. And they was like, well, what do you do? I'm like, well, I manage a yoga studio at the time. Mm-hmm. My homie's a mental health counselor and then my other homie worked at Yelp, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're like, wait, y'all do this in New York? You're like, y'all have careers? They, their mind was blown. But it's like that situation could have went left. Heck yeah. Had I not they already personable. judged you. They already judged me. Mm-hmm. They, they asked me if I had any guns or drugs in the car. I said, bro, we barely fit in this car. I'm But like that joke like opened it up. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, yeah. But it, it's it's me being me in that space, <laughs> you know? And and that's not always the case. Nah, know? man. But it, it's moments like that that just like, man, one thing could have went left, you know? Um, man, but just taking it back to the the journey that you've been on, like you've you've succeeded all of these expectations, so to speak. Like you you've shattered what seems to be every goal that you had in mind. You know, so selfishly to me, or well, some, I, yeah, yeah, I don't it, I don't know all no, the goals. You, you I mean, had. I've checked off a lot of boxes. So in the process of checking off those boxes, what is left on that list? You know what I mean? Like, what does what does success look like for D. Haynes, for the brand? There's two different sides of that. Okay. Professional-wise, my man, JB, James Brown, that's my boy. Mm-hmm. Brother, when you retire one day, I would love to do the pre-halftime mm. and post-game NFL shows. Okay. I know there's a long line, but JB, you're my boy. 
Pass the torch. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, um, <laughs> write something nice and pass it along. Yeah. That's the new like dream job for me. There's other things in there that I know that I can do. So that's the career wise. Personal wise, man, I will I'll love to see my family get to a point where owning a whole bunch of different homes in different areas where where that you know that income's coming in. All you may need to do is like, okay, yeah, I'll get this person because your toilet's stopped up, you know? Yeah. Or this is weird, man. I love Waffle House. And I looked into opening up a franchise. Okay. <laughs> in Connecticut. But for some reason, man, like they don't come up here. They, huh. Yeah, they're not, huh. they're not up here. So like, I may not want to invest in a Waffle House now, but I love to own like a chain of restaurants or something like that. These are all things that, that I want to look into as I learn more about this generational wealth on how to, how to make money when you're not actually working. Passive um, income is important. Yeah, yeah. And I can give a lot of credit to my wife because her father is a real estate agent. Okay. And so remember, I was like, my mom and dad were great parents. Mother was a teacher for 52 years. My dad was one of the like only black people to own a contracting business in New Haven. Wow. But like nobody ever taught me like, hey, you should invest your money in this or hey, buy multiple homes. My dad actually owned a second home, but it was never... He never like came to me and, and told me about it. I should get on him and be like, Dad, why don't you ever tell me? <laughs> Sorry, son. But yeah, those are certain things that like when I look into the future, I want I want to be living good. So like my daughter who's right here, she's going to know the right from wrong and make sure she works hard as heck. But she lives a better life. Like my ceiling will be her floor. Yeah. And my parents' ceiling is my floor and I want to build on top of that. That's the way it should be, man. And I mean, uh, I'm coming out of that generation where... It was a little bit taboo to talk about finances in the home front yeah. for, for a while because I, I think because you didn't have anything, you didn't really understand, or at least from my standpoint, didn't really understand that. So it's like we might we might have to borrow from here to pay for this or go for here to, to do something yeah. else. So now I think that this whole renaissance of people being financially literate mm -hmm. and being able to see optionality and what success could look like and being able to hear about somebody speaking boldly and confidently about, well, home ownership is a thing, franchisees is a thing, you know, all of these different sources of income. Having one is too close to none. Shout out to Brother Winston over there. <laughs> Winston Pete. Yeah. So if you if you're already starting these conversations. I don't know how early you are in embedding that information. I can guarantee you that you're already changing that generation, my friend. Oh, man. So I'm happy to see that. Hey, my daughter knows you, you're talking about her right now. Yeah, you know, I'm still a little bit mad that I didn't get the invite for the whole uh, oh, Chick-fil-A Chick -fil side. But, you know, next time we, we can make that I got, up. We I can get got situated. You. I, I should have sent out a message. Hey, you guys want Chick-fil-A. <laughs> man, I ended up getting a ticket too, man. Oh, man. New York is quick. It's... Like, I was in there five minutes. I'm like, dang, really? And you know the tickets aren't cheap. <laughs> That's how they get you. It's like, that's a $75 that's chicken That's him getting out right, right there, there in that suit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, he yep, got it. But once again, Russell Westbrook loses in the fashion department. Last night, the Thunderstar wore a pastel yellow shirt with teddy bears rocking snazzy little outfits of their own. But that's not all. Look at the matching shoes. So I want to come back to just some of your uh, presentation, some of the, your own style and your own artistry. Do you get a chance to write some of your own scripts or like the, the skits that you're doing? Okay. And and believe it or not, people at ESPN, they write 90% of their stuff. Wow. Because they, wanted it, they want it to be in their voice. Now, when you have like the stats, like, I don't know, X, Y, and Z, like Aaron Judge hit this, this, exactly. this, this, and the first time since... 1822 you know some stuff right. like that there's researchers i'll give you that but you okay. can type them up put it in your voice but 90 percent of it and right now 100 percent of what you see on television i write and produce that so everything that you've seen on tv from the, the singing thing yeah to what that's 
all my creative ideas. And it's crazy because sometimes I'm in studio, I'm like, all right, have the camera here and you start there. You walk in at this time. After I say Washington, you walk, like I'm, I'm what they call uh, studio producing. Yeah. And they're like, wait, what do you want to do? What? And I'm like, just trust me. And then finally when they put it together and they see the finished product, they're like, oh, I, I see what you mean. So you're running back, but you're calling, calling them plays like a QB over there. Man. Right. I like it. It's artwork, man. It's, it's I can see. You know I, I can mean? see like it coming together. Of mind and and just just trying to be different than than the boring like stiff news people. I like that. I like that a lot. And it's something that again aspirational on this side. So we had to borrow some inspiration. I needed to know how you came up with this whole suited and booted kind of concept. Because again, dapper gentleman over here. I see you making these play-by-play -play calls on some people's outfits, and you know we we talk about outfits from time to oh, time. Oh, y'all got, oh. got your own suited and booted. I mean, we don't have a suited and booted, but we do make some color commentary from some questionable gym fits. Gotcha. You know, I wanted to pull up a picture real quick, oh, well, we brother Dave. You can get me set up over on that side. I just want to get some quick reactions uh -oh. to the gym edition of suited and booted, I right? Bet. So I, I want to see how. Is that the rock? There we go. Okay, so we got Anthony Mackey, Dwayne Johnson, and the good brother Marky Mark inside here. So some familiar faces. They all also have very different gym fits on right Clearly. now. Clearly. Well, I mean, dude, if you're the rock, dog, you can like, wear whatever you, you want. Can, you just you can show up to the set naked, and people will be like, "All right, that's that's cool. That's like, the fit. Yeah, that's the fit. You know what I mean? Not, he, and nobody gonna stop him. Heck no. He and you can't talk junk about whatever he has on. Yeah, because his his deltoid is bigger than your head, right? So it's, it's the Brahma bull, the Zubas, everything else is like for the rock. We're just gonna leave him on the island by itself. How, do you have anything for Anthony Mackie or Marky Mark over here? Are they suited and booted? They, is this a proper right. gym fit right. to come so, in? It's the old school '90s look. I, <laughs> I was I was gonna get that '80s. You know what I'm saying? That's so, cocaine '80s, right? So there. I, will, I <laughs> the cocaine's in the bag. Yeah, for sure. So, little fanny pack packages so, in the bag. Cocaine's on the right, and, and, and Marky Marks has has the money. Right. Um. That's that's we're watching a drug deal go down, <laughs> and, the, and the rock the rock is be. the bodyguard. <laughs> like none. This could funny. be an excerpt from a movie. They're not going to the gym. This is. But yeah, I'm I'm booting I'm booting the the, the '90s gear, man. Okay. Actually, real talk. The the Adidas joint that that Marky Mark has on, I can I can rock with that, man. That's pretty smooth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, you can't be mad. I'm not too flashy. The and fact that he has on the best outfit out of the both of them is problematic. So we got to well, boot Anthony Mackie. Have on an outfit because he barely has anything on. I feel like Anthony, but his Mackie, pants are look '90s like too. That's what I was about to say. I feel like Anthony's getting thrown underneath the bus because he was clearly following the Rock, but he didn't have the Rock aesthetic to pull the rest of that off. But actually, if you think about it. <laughs> Marky, I mean, technically, they're actually all in the same decade. Yeah. Well, maybe a little 80s. With <laughs> he got the, DMC with yeah, the, like, the foreign. Yeah, I can see it. Like they go into an old school party. <laughs> so I just wanted to get that quick reaction off of that side, man. Thank you, Brother Dave. Yeah, I no, appreciate no. it. Suit, boot, and boot. Suit, Left boot, and right. boot. <laughs> see? Yeah, man, that, that suited or booted start. My boy, when we used to go to conferences, he's like, man, I'm going to come in suited and booted. And that was when I actually I got that idea. So suited and booted was more just... The whole style the whole of fit, you looking the nice. Yeah. And so um, when I came up with the segment, I was like, well, boot it. It's kind of like, you you know, get, get it them out of here. So <laughs> let's let's do something if you suit it or if you boot it. Mm -hmm. And um, and people love it, man. Yeah. Some of the pregame outfits are a little crazy, man. Yo, Kyle Kuzma has been <laughs> like. That's a wild boy right <laughs> there. He came in with the extra long sleeves. Yeah, he has made that segment strong. Yes. Like I should give him like checks for that. <laughs> You know what I mean? I remember the, the sweater that was longer than the That's arm. That's the Balenciaga. He was going for it. Yeah, Huggy, Snuggy. Day one model. Next thing you know, <laughs> you America's next top model yourself. You got to pull it out from top to top, man. But yeah, I, I like the fact that you're observing on the court, off the court, on the field, like all of that stuff. Is it easier for you to follow some sports than others? 
Yeah, so I don't I don't like watching golf. Uh-huh. I can watch it in person though. Golf is boring to me. I think in this career though, in order for you to survive to at the the top, mm-hmm. you have to be well-rounded and know everything. Like I took a lot of pride in being the black guy who knew hockey. Should I share the story about the hockey joint? Man, I mean, come lay on it now. out there. So, <laughs> I'm at ESPN and they kept giving the other anchor the hockey segments. And I'm like, yo, why they keep giving them? What's what's homie name? Barry Melrose. Barry Melrose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bro, he be on everyone. Oh, he, he is great at what he does because he can just you could just you can anchor something with Barry and be like, all right, Capitals Red Wings, and he's be like, yeah, that's probably Dobson. Like it's like he can look at every single player and recognize who they are yeah. and just give you the play by play. All you gotta just do is say like, just name the two teams. So it's so it's easy mm. to just. Set, set the stage and let and lay out what we call in broadcast and let him do the rest of the work. Wow. But this guy kept giving the other segment to someone else and I pulled him to the side. I was like, why do you always give the hockey segments to the, to the other anchor? And he said straight up, he was like, do you like hockey? Now, I received that in one way. He, I don't know if he knew how I received that, but I received that as in, okay, black people don't like hockey. So he assumed that I probably don't like hockey. Mm. I just came from Boston. Also had to work in New York. So I had to know... I had to know hockey. Good amount of Rangers. So, yeah, and I worked in Detroit when, yeah. when the Red Wings were really good. So I knew hockey. But what I did was I was like, give me the next hockey segment. And I already studied a decent amount. But I remember going through every single – it took like two weeks. I, I went through every single name on every team to learn how to make sure I pronounced it the correct way. So when there was like a Pavu Datsu or uh, Yoroslav Halak, I, yeah. I knew how to pronounce their names. Or when a goalie's playing really well, he's standing on his head or the puck goes through his legs as a five hole. Like – I studied the heck out of that to be the black guy who knew hockey. And when Barry Melrose and I did our our segment, it was it was Barry's Bistro to go because it was already a Barry's Bistro, but we did ours to go where we had basically like the to go cups and then you know like the paper bag with your food in there and stuff like that. that ours was like the hood version. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> it was DoorDash before DoorDash. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it became my segment for the rest of my time there. Mm. But all that studying to even know what a wicket is in cricket, like you gotta. You have to be a fan of every single team. Or like for me, I'm a UConn basketball fan. I can name players and where they're from. Mm. You should know that about every single team. It's hard to do that. For sure. Because there's a player out there. I mean, there's a person out there. Like if you pronounce that guy's name wrong, oh, they're gonna, you're going to lose your credibility. Oh, yeah. So, so study all of it. So I ended up becoming a fan of a lot of different sports. I can watch baseball and enjoy it. I can watch tennis and enjoy it. Golf, I, I gotta see that in person. If Tiger Woods is playing, that's different. But other than that, I'll read the article, man. <laughs> I'll see the recap. Yeah, golf is a little tricky. I feel like baseball is tricky too. My father always tried to get me. No, it. when you at the game, at the game is completely it's different. That same thing with hockey on TV. Hockey, yeah. Uh, baseball's a little. Uh. I got into hockey during the Sean Avery era in uh, New York hockey. Okay, Mighty so, Ducks. Mighty Ducks is also a different the intro time. for me. Knuckle puck. Yeah, <laughs> knuckle puck. Flying V. You know what I'm saying? That's what got me. Yeah, he used to work out at the space that we uh we started training in and would be a complete calm, nice dude. I think he lived upstairs in the building. Yeah. Very nice guy, like into fashion. He was really big in the in the New York fashion scene. But then you see him play on the actual ice. It was like that can't be the same guy. Yeah. He's like, he was just at the Alexander McQueen like runway show and he's laying people out with like the joy in his face. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, wait, what? I was like, oh, and they and they let you fight just on the ice. It's like, okay, I could check out this hockey stuff. I could be inside this. Yeah, it's, actually, it's dope to go to a, go to a game. I've only, only been to a handful. 
playoff games watching on TV are good, but when you actually go to a game, there's a level of energy, especially when they score, because you know you, you don't get a goal every time. Mm -hmm. You may get tops three goals yeah. total. So like when you get the goal, that energy is sky high. And then you see the fights, you see the big hits and stuff like that. So you for anybody who hasn't like doesn't care about hockey, go to a game first and it will change your perspective. On oh it. yeah. What would you say? What sport has the best playoff atmosphere? Oh shoot. Dude, actually, I'm not gonna say like, I gotta think about it. hockey has that's some crazy energy. It's up there. What? Yeah. See, here's the thing, which is crazy though, because a lot of us in the United States, we sleep on soccer. But I had to cover the World Cup, bro. Mm. Mm. Bro, you think the NFL is big? <laughs> you think the 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 fan base, the fraternity or sorority that all these teams have when they cover their particular team? Like it's like it's for real. Oh yeah. It's for real. So from experience. Soccer definitely, but out of this country. Yeah. Here, I'm literally going through a bunch of championships that I've been at. <laughs> First um, of all, the number of championships. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 20 years in the game, son. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a lot to see many a game. Count. Uh, I mean, that's, the NBA Finals, because you're constantly, you know, you could be going back and forth. So you have that, uh, uh, like it goes back yeah, and forth. Yeah, the fourth quarter gets Yeah, the yeah, it gets, it gets intense. I hate to lean on basketball, but I guess, I guess so. I'm going to tell you, I spent a little bit of time in Munich, Germany, and being out there when Bayern München is playing, and they were playing in, like, the World Cup, the way that the city shut down was almost uncomfortable. You said Bayern Munich? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the way that everything shut down, it was like, first of all, if you didn't have the jersey on that day, people were going to look at you like, like, like what did you do here? You didn't get the, you didn't get the memo? You didn't get the email. I'm, I'm talking about the church shut down. Like, it was, everything was done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, at this point in time, you were supposed to be outside watching either on, if you couldn't get inside the stadium, watching in the city center with on the big screens and everybody was doing the exact same thing. It was like... Wait a minute! I didn't. I did not know you can't do anything if you wanted to. Soccer is the sport of the world. Yeah, hands down. Like not even close. I, like not not even close. I found that out the hard way. I was like, I don't even know the chance. Like I don't speak German like that. I was like, Sprechen Sie Deutsch? She's like, What's going on? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I don't really. I you can't follow. Grab a beer, bro. At the end of the day, <laughs> watch, watch, watch the ball go in the net. I just know? cheered when everybody else cheered. I was yeah, like, yeah. All right, make sure I'm on Act the right like side. You've been here before. I was like, I don't want no hooligan mess. I'm staying on my lane. <laughs> they start chanting. You yeah. Find yourself. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to get into this. Yeah. Okay, all right, cool. <laughs> Just like a fish out of water. I don't really know where to go from here, oh, but man. it made sense. Now, where is the the wildest place journalism and broadcasting has taken you? Lagos, Nigeria. Wow. Talk about it, brother. And what I don't know. Is Lagos or Lagos? I think it's Lagos. Um, I've heard it both ways. Yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not well versed. Um, so I'm working in Lansing, and there was a basketball player by the name of Edon Ebok. And he had a bad basketball game and his radio guy, I think they're playing Illinois, but this radio guy was like, man, he needs to go back to where he came from, you know, turning his scholarship. Mm -hmm. And and people don't realize people from Nigeria, like it's one hard enough to get a scholarship, but just to get a visa to even come into the United States is hard. And so what we did was we raised money to pay for this whole 10 day trip to Nigeria to basically tell his story. Now, I didn't mind telling the story. You know, I've liked that human interest side of it, too. But on the back end, I was like, man, I'm going back to the place possibly where I came from. Motherland. Yeah. And you feel it. You guys ever been to Africa? Nope. No, that's on Bro, the list, though. Dude, you, you feel that energy. 
mm. and and the people in Nigeria, you realize that even though like here in the states, it's almost like a barrier sort of sometimes between Africans and African Americans. But when when that is ripped away, we're kind of actually very similar. Mm. And and when I I can remember leaving uh, to get on the plane, do I never boohooed and cried as a as a grown man? Because you felt at home. I don't know if that's exactly where my family came from, but I know that's the continent, that's the land, that's the, you know, that's the western part of Africa where your family came from, and you feel that energy, man, mm. and you felt like you were leaving this family reunion of of being connected back to where you actually came from. That was dope. Wow. Yeah, that was dope as heck. Yeah, I I've only had something that was comparable going, so I've never made it back to Africa, but somehow, some way, those boats stopped on my side of the family in Panama, and then yeah, and yeah. I got around in Panama, and I could see never had been until I was an adult. See people that have similar facial structures to people that are in your family. Bro, that, I was like, that little trade was is that James? Yo, James, what up, cuz? <laughs> He was looking around, but yeah, the, the the Atlantic slave trade went and went all up and down, like yeah. the whole eastern seaboard and and across. So we have that diaspora spreads all the way through to Central and South America as well oh, as the Americas. There were more like so many more slaves that were in Brazil, yeah, than the United States, like was, not even close. And Colombia had like almost like a 28, 30 percent black population at yeah, a certain yeah. point in time, but you would never see that outwardly uh, reported. It's stuff they don't teach, dude. No, but I, I mean now a little bit, but. Back then, nah. I didn't see it until I went there. And when I went there, it was like, oh, oh, y'all have a Black Lives Matter movement happening too. Like, you have all of this. It's like, wait a second, hold on. You know, the world is bigger than our sphere. Correct. So the fact that you had that that worldly perspective and, and you know, you have this this key that opens up so many doors in the, the broadcasting, but also in just the uh, perspective of knowing what teamwork is and knowing, mm-hmm. you know, how to relate to people, man, it, it has to open up so many doors for you. Yeah, no, it, it definitely has. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. Alright, so I got some rapid fire questions that I want to come back to you with. And again, been, sure. been, this now? been looking at the script. Let me, let, me let me sit up for this one. I saw, you know, you got your top nine. We only got five for you, my brother. Quick I, five. I wanna, yeah. Quick five. Tight five, if you will. I want to knock out a tight five, and I got to start this off with, if you had any athlete that you can interview, past or present, who would it be and why? Man, I have interviewed a lot of good athletes already, man. Mm-hmm. Bro, I've interviewed... Jordan to like Tom Brady, Ron, any athlete, any athlete. Oh, it could be any time, any time. Shoot, I want to interview Muhammad Ali in his prime. Mm. Mm. In his prime, like I want him. I want, Muhammad Ali takes the mic, like, and he's giving you yeah, those bars. Damn, <laughs> like prime hey, Tom just, Ali. Hey, just, just roll that from beginning to end. How long is the segment? As long as he, whenever rolling. he stops, <laughs> keep rolling. Don't stop. Let him keep going. I love that, man. Yeah. Okay. Top three running backs all time. Emmett Smith will be one. My boy Adrian Peterson will be in that same circle. Emmett used to piss me off, by the way. I was a Giants fan. My mm. father was a diehard Dallas. I had the jersey. Fan. You know what I mean? White. You had the Emmett jersey? I stole it from my cousin. I ain't buy it with my own. <laughs> <laughs> I took it from him. The white, white and blue. You know. Gosh, that's tough thinking of a third one. I guess Barry Sanders. Barry was up there. Yeah, yeah. That ain't a bad three right there. That's not a bad three. I'll say that that's pretty but solid. Like, Adrian Peterson, man, if he had more of an opportunity. Like you know when he had the the the, the, the child the, the, well the ACL or yeah. the came back or the, the the child abuse stuff and of stuff course. like that yeah who knows like what he could have did yeah yeah that dude 
I felt bad for linebackers trying to like knock you like, right off. <laughs> I I covered when he was in Washington. I covered him. He was like maybe thirty four, and they players would talk about like I'm like yo, who's the fastest on the team? And they're like hands down Adrian Peterson at thirty four. Yeah, at thirty four, still the fastest dude on the team. Mm. Mm. Dude was a freak of nature, man. That's some power, man. Horsepower in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah you gotta be able to move it. Okay, if you had to debate any sports anchor of your choosing, who would it be and why? I'm going after Stephen A. Smith, man. Okay. I'm going okay. my frat brothers too, man. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. It's funny you mention that. But like, <laughs> like I think about it. If that opportunity came, you know your boy's gonna be the night before studying everything. Oh, you this Yeah, yeah, yeah. Theatrics, you gotta pocket. be ready to get all animated. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna try to bring fire. <laughs> listen, I'm preposterous. <laughs> listen, I may go into that as like a like a like you know a mid-major team in the NCAA tournament taking on a one seed, but like I'm gonna play. I'm gonna try to hold my own. Who else is better than him? You talking about the Pantheon right there? Yeah, man. like who else is better to debate against? <laughs> That's it. I wouldn't. Have I mean, there's some decent you. dudes to debate, but Stephen A. Smith, he's not the highest paid dude at ESPN for nothing. Yeah, it makes sense for sure. It makes dude, a lot I, of sense. Yo, I had to host a joint where they were paying me ten grand to host, and I couldn't do it because my daughter had a recital. I went to Stephen A. I was like. Hey, do you want to make some quick money and host this so and so? He was like, I don't do anything less than twenty five thousand. Cut the check. Must, Excuse me. Must be freaking nice. <laughs> I'm bad, brother. Smith. I, no must disrespect. be nice. No disrespect. Oh, yeah. I'll For that chump change right there. You know? <laughs> That's wild, man. Yeah, I, I look forward to that day one day, Kyle. We we get there. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know, I can just turn down a measly ten. Yeah, you know, ten. I can't wake up for nothing like that. You know, nah, that's cool. Sneeze at that. <laughs> What's the last album you listened to, beginning to end, no skips? All right, so I'm a dude who actually, I gave up the secular music back in 2010. Like okay. Jay Z was my dude. Okay. So now I'm like all on the hip hop R&B. Okay. I mean the gospel hip hop and R&B. So it was definitely one of Lecrae's albums. The production on those Lecrae albums go up. Bro, the whole 116 click. Him, Andy Mino, Tadashi, KB, they have some fire. I used to know a DJ, and we'll go to like the club, and I'll be like, yo, yo play this Lecrae song in the middle of this whole joint. I bet you everybody starts dancing. It goes and up. They, and they still keep dancing. I'm just yeah. like, yo, if you can listen to the music and still jam, but you're putting a positive word in your head. It's easy switch for me, but Thanks everybody doesn't listen to the gospel hip hip hop. But see, it'll, yeah, it'll probably be one of Lecrae's albums from beginning to end. Now I just, you know, with the phones, you can play. You get the playlist. Oh, yeah, going, you yeah. Playlist, whatever. But it was probably something Lecrae. All right, and my last one for you. But if I had to think about maybe one of the old, okay, I before you before it. you did it. So I did have a moment. I think it was maybe last fall where I listened to Ja Rule's joint. Ja, oh, they need to give get a break. We need to give Ja the respect he deserves. We ain't man. really happy here, dog. When I when that <laughs> album came out, I don't care what his future like now. When that album came out, yeah, what? Take a look into our eyes <laughs> and see pain with our fear. What? Come on. <laughs> He had a moment, man. What? <laughs> yeah. It shows. So every once in a while, I do, I do sneak off and, and, and listen yeah. to something. But definitely, a little backslide on the jaw. I yeah, see yeah. what you're saying. I remember that jaw yeah, <laughs> rule album. I love that, and man. And Noriega. Nori's, come on, CNN. Yeah, and yes, yeah. You're giving out Not a very- the Nori album. Okay. I'm Noriega. Yeah, just the, one, the thing was the first one he did by himself, right? It was just Nori. Nori. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
N-O-R-E. Yeah, you you got a very Queens palette over there, my friend. I'm, I'm hearing mean, it. I'm right next door. <laughs> you heard of Connecticut? <laughs> of course, right? You know, I found out later <laughs> yeah. in life. You're familiar with that place, right? right? No, we we just we the stepsister to all the New York people. And someone would be like, I'm from Brooklyn, I'm from the Bronx. Where are you from? Uh, New Haven. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. okay. <laughs> you doubt it till you go there and he'd be like, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes sense now. now you know? <laughs> so you talked about the frat before, my brother. Okay. Okay, if you were stranded on a desert island. <laughs> oh, I see where this is going. If you're stranded on an island, you can only wear one article of clothing, a Giants jersey or a Cowboys jersey. And you had to be rescued. And the only way you could get rescued is if you were adorned from top to bottom in Kappa Crimson and Cream, or if you were going with the Sigma Royal Blue and Pure White. Which one are you choosing? My black ass is swimming <laughs> across the water. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my Michael Phelps on. I'm gonna sing all the poems I did when I was online. See it through. Invictus. I'm 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 gonna go back to pledging all over again. And I'm and I'm and I'm gonna make it and I'm gonna be the outest cue in the world. Cause my I almost drowned. For bruh, these colors. Bro, like like what what kind of like I drowned just, on these. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like what, what I nah dude. Like, ain't happening. Dude, I can't even pick me wearing even any Sigma gear. Cap like, nah, bro. Dude, if I get rescued and I'm wearing that gear, I can't be in my frat anymore. I have no respect. I'll have respect for swimming and drowning. Oh, we remember Darren Hayes. He went out. He went it all on the line. He went it all out for Omega. You know what I mean? I'll be out. I'll be dead, but I'll be out. We may put a monument and stuff like that in the headquarters and stuff. I have a better life than shoot. Then he'll probably take my control number away and be like, he's not in the frat. We disown him. Yeah. So swimming. I tried to find a way to get you your question the same way that you were giving people in Washington, man, to the Dallas or the oh, Giants. The rap, oh, the rapid nine. So, so yeah, I, I tried to get at the I same the first way. time someone hit me with that, though. <laughs> when you said on the Stranded Island, I was like, oh, shoot. It's, dude, this is what goes around, comes around. You're about to hit me with my own joint. That's why I was like, I know. I was like, I know what this is going. It's the underhand right there. I just there. didn't know. I was like, what, what am I wearing? Man, it was like, yo, I heard I heard a lot of giant slander on, on those questions, man. So yeah, it's like, all right, how can I? So, yeah, How can we package naked. it? You know, we don't want no Giants, no Eagles gear, no Cowboys gear. Yeah, man. You know, I'm a Ravens fan. That's where I'm going. You know, be more, be more above nah, the home the, team. He's taking the easy, the easy way out. Man. <laughs> That's it, man. That's all I got. You know, but man, we we could sit here for hours, for days, but uh, as we close down, you know, okay. sunsets and the night falls, uh, we gotta ask if there was a piece of advice that you could give our listeners someone you know off the strength if you will mm-hmm. for to follow a passion to put their best foot forward to do whatever it is that they feel they need to do what advice could you give that person shoot matter of fact let me take my daughter's right there baby can you pass me that book bag it may be heavy yeah pass me that i keep this in my bag still to this day it's gonna be heavy be a champion that's the okay. real work yeah be a champion <laughs> let me see this bag real quick i love the cameo <laughs> and that's a serious bag. Thank you, baby. That's that's my assistant for sure. <laughs> this is the it's a copy of my very first contract in the broadcasting business, man. You see right there how much money I made a year. Well, okay. So I made only fourteen thousand dollars a year. That's the and, annual salary. Yeah, bro. I made more at my first job at Taco Bell. Jeez. But uh, what what I do is my words of advice I'll give to people is to don't worry about the current situation that you're in. 
always think ahead to the dream of where you want to be. Like I wasn't worried about this $14,000 a year. What I was worried about was not getting to my final destination, which at the time was ESPN. Mm. And so I tell my young journalism students is that think of it like you're leaving your house to go to school. You're leaving your house where you came from, you're driving around the road and stuff like that. And then eventually you look back, you don't see where you came from, but when you look forward, you don't know where you're going. And then you have your, you know, your stop signs, stop lights, bumps in the roads, potholes, whatever like that, that are just part of your journey to get to where you're gonna go. But you know deep down inside, I'm going to school, I'm gonna get there. There's no doubt that you know you're going to school. Have that same confidence in you trying to go after your goal or your dream job. Just like if you leave the house and you know you're going to school, know that you're going to get to, for me, ESPN, despite how many curves and bumps run the road. And I did that on a $14,000 salary. I don't even know what that is hourly. For a year? I'm trying to remember, man. That's crazy. I know I, know I live on assistant living. I remember that. I have the paper and I got laid off from ESPN in here too. It's motivation, man. You talk about keep it with look, you. Look, look how old this little folder look, but, but for real. Motivation. The first job and then the dream job. Nobody ever tells you what happens when you lose your dream. Mm. And this is when I lost my dream. And like I told you before earlier, the best thing that ever happened to my career was me losing my losing dream. Losing your dream. Mm. I proposed to my wife the day after I got laid off. That's a bold man <laughs> right here. He worked at Kate Jewelers. <laughs> <laughs> he had the ring. I went, but I went to Jared for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, okay. You went to Jared. But yeah, that, that was all planned, planned out. Matter of fact, I proposed, I proposed here in, in New York. Yeah, like I, it was already planned to propose, man. I didn't, I didn't know I was going to get laid off. And I'm laid off and I'm like, oh, shoot. Now I got to propose and be like, baby, will you marry me? But I ain't got no job. <laughs> Talk about that moment for a second, man, if you don't mind. Because okay. that's, a, that's a level of confidence and also, I would say, faith that you could you have to go back and, and count on, on not just your part, but also on your partner's part, man. Take me through that. Well, I, th I, think, I think we both knew that when you work at ESPN, you're one of the best. Mm -hmm. And you know that, like, someone's going to want you. So there was never really any doubt. And remember, I went through the situation in Boston when I lost that job right. and I got the ESPN job. So I've already went through it. So when you get through something, you don't, you don't worry anymore because you know that you can, you, can go, you can get through that type of um, obstacle or, there, or get through that journey. So there was never any worry at all for both of us. Mm -hmm. We just knew it was only a matter of time before a job would come. We just didn't know where it, it would be. Man, from being fortified by that adversity to being inspirational on the confidence that you can put into being yourself in your own space and, and really just carving it all the way through. And I just appreciate everything that you hit us with today, man. It's, uh, it's been dope, something man. that's been really inspirational, man. Seriously. Appreciate you guys for having me. Yeah, man. It's a chance occurrence walking past the window and a man wanting to skate. Look at how far you can get off of that. <laughs> I don't have a bag full of, uh, you know, inspiration just yet, but Kyle, we could build out a story oh, from here. you know, I'm going <laughs> to keep something in the back pocket now and then bike bag. This is going to be across the satchel, man. For sure. So I know the people that are at home listening in, they're going to walk away with so much inspiration that they're going to need to keep up with all the amazing stuff that you're doing over there, brother. How can we find you? How can we keep up? And how do we know what's going on next? Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I mean, I was about to say the Black Planet. If you're, if you're restoring I'm the feeling, I'm coming I'm, back with you. I'm, Black Planet used to be the joint. It was. Uh, Don't sleep on it. But uh, but all the social media platforms, it's Darren M. Haynes. M as in Matthew. Matthew's my middle name. My mother's maiden name. She wanted a part representation of her and me. Respect my last name uh, change. But da at Darren M. Haynes for all social media platforms. You can see all my work. I'm always posting all the time. Uh, same thing on YouTube as well.
Oh man, I went through it. I definitely even saw the Christmas video with you over in there. And that's, that's, a, that's a throwback. So I was going through it all. That, done that in a while. He was, he was leaving it up there, so I, I appreciate it. bougie now. <laughs> we're going to do a Christmas video this year? She said, sure. There we go. There we we go. got it on tape now. Oh, right. Right. She said it right here. <laughs> hey, make sure you clip that off. Right? <laughs> you better do it. We got a full break right here. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much again. Appreciate y'all. Once again, it's been another fantastic episode of Off the Strength from a trainer called Tony. KR Jones. Peace and much love to y'all out there. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Peace. What's good, everybody? I'm a trainer called Tony, and I am here from infamous Office Strength Podcast asking you today, listeners, viewers, wherever you may be, to please like, listen, and subscribe to our podcast. This is how we're going to continue to be able to deliver you the best goddamn wellness information out here. So if you want to keep hearing this and you want us to keep growing, you are a part of this show just as much as anything else. So please go to OffTheStrength.com. Make sure you check out our blogs. Make sure you check us out on IG. And if you're hearing this voice and you didn't hit that subscribe button, know that Kyle is going to come looking for you. (laughs) You got that right.